Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dupedasy, Dupedas, today on Dupe by the River, we got transfer rumors to discuss another tough loss on the road against LA this past weekend. And this upcoming week, or this upcoming week, we got a two for one. We're going to start off with talking about Nashville tonight. We're going to preview that matchup. Don't you dare go anywhere because you do not want to miss this episode of Dupe by the River. And let's get this started, guys. Eh, done! Dupe. By the river. Doesn't do anything well. There is not one. Th- I'm sorry. There was no creativity. As a union fan, I take that all day. Another DP. We need to go get Mario Balotelli. That is right. Welcome, everyone, to Do By the River, the show where we follow everything Philadelphia Union. And of course, we are brought to you by Philly Sports Network. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to welcome everyone into today's edition. You're watching live on Ed Parcelo Philly's YouTube channel. Welcome on in. If you're watching live on Twitter. Thank you so much as well. Like and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. And of course, you can find us for every stream podcast. Find us under Dupe by the River Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, today joining me, my expert in duping, please welcome Justin Second String IR Keeper Friedberg. Justin, my man. How was your week, buddy? I miss you, man. We weren't we weren't together last week, man, but it's all good, man. How you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling okay. Uh, now, as many uh, who follow me on social media may know, uh, I uh, competed in the uh, the Icarus Cup this weekend, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got a, a bit of a souvenir. If you uh, if you saw my uh, my my Instagram story, I uh, had a bit of a collision, and I know it. it, it for those who are watching, uh, don't worry. It's only it, it was a it was a sprain slash contusion is what the urgent care said. Uh, so this this will be on. I can you know take it off. Obviously, it's a shower to, to go for my walk and all that. And uh, ice it and aspirin. And uh, that'll be on for about a week, week and a half or so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that getting getting old. Uh, I mean, I nearly knew, you know, like injuries came with the territory. But, man, I uh, haven't been 30 for long, and I'm already uh, – Starting to feel it. Wow. Sporting serotonin feeling the same effects as the Philadelphia Union. What will they do without their starting goalkeeper? We will find out. Will they they, bring got, they, they got us the summer, so they have plenty of time to uh, for this, uh, to this uh, injury to recover. No Joe Bendix on serotonin? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if that's in the budget. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll ask Paul. We'll see. Let's look the budget. Awesome stuff. Well, Justin, let, let's dive into it today. Um, speaking of budgets, uh, we'll, we'll talk about some transfer rumor or transfer news. 
Um, one with the former player, one with the current player. Let's start off with B.A., um, Brandon Aronson. We've been following that situation. Uh, he's been officially sent on loan. He's going back to the Union, but not Philadelphia, this time Berlin. He's not joining the Dupers, but the Unioners. I think that's what they call it, the Unioners. The Unioners? I think that's what they call themselves. Uh, the Unioners, I believe. Is Unioners. The Unioners. But, um, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's in the Bundesliga. You know me, I've always said that he should have went there before the Prem, but how do you feel, man? USM, you're a USMNT guy. You're Medford neighbor. How are you feeling about this, man? Yeah, I, I mean, he joins fellow uh, USMNT or Jordan Peacock. Best name um, in USMNT, man. Going to be playing some Champions League football. I think it's a good move. I, I was I was saying for a while that he wasn't going to stay in the championship. People were like, oh, he should stay in the championship and get used to it. No, just because leads were bad doesn't mean Brendan has to suffer. And I think I've said that he would work in a, in a higher pressing, higher energy system. I had said if he had said in the Prem, it would have been like maybe like a Brighton, Aston Villa. Um, with Germany, I've been saying Union Berlin was definitely uh, one I mentioned. It was towards the top of the list. Mucin Gladbach, Frankfurt are always options. And I mean, he. I, the way that they play, he slots in perfectly in that midfield, kind of supporting um, Max Becker uh, was the their really main striker, and he was a very high-energy, high-paced guy. And I think having someone behind him like that that can kind of support what the press that they like to, to do and also kind of give some rotation in that midfield, I, I think this is a good move. Um, I, I It's something that you look... You look at the way Brendan plays, and I I will say I did think the Bundesliga was probably would have been a better move right off the bat than you know going to the Prem. I think also the allure, unfortunately, like the allure of the Premier League, and unfortunately Leeds being the only team that was you know had the bid for him, kind of was like if you're a player, it's like with Pulisic and now his move to AC Milan being good for his career. The lore of the Prem sometimes, no matter the team, is sometimes just too good to pass up. And, and I, like there was nothing Brendan really could do with all the injuries they had. I mean, Leeds had no defense, no real striker. Once Rodrigo got hurt, Bamford couldn't stay healthy. Adams was barely holding it together in that midfield. Once he got hurt, it all went down the window. Like, it was a lot to put on Brendan, and I think it un- unfairly got, you know, he took a lot of the brunt of the blame when it really was not, I don't think most of it was his fault. And considering the fact that once Marsh got fired, for some reason they decided to keep benching Brendan. And, you know, they bring him on in like the 70th minute. And starting, um, you know, Nyanto, and Nyanto really wasn't doing all that well. And, you know, we tried to take three players on at once and not really do much. So it was kind of one of those things where it was, it was an interesting move overall. But I also think it was one where, you know, listen, Brendan, it, it's you know, it was smart, and I knew once they went down, a player like him would have a relegation clause, and it was activated. And it's a shame that I think a permanent move might have been better because I don't fully think that 
leads are going to come up next year or the year after. I mean, I think the way that the championship is, there's a reason like it is probably one of the toughest second divisions behind, I would say like the, the Spy Bundesliga is definitely a tough one. Um, the championship does play the most amount of games uh, in any of the divisions, which is crazy. And I just think, listen, I'd rather see, you know, Brendan, like people said, for Brendan, people said Brendan shouldn't be playing Champions League. It's like, well, why? Like, they're, they're, get, like give me, like, are you saying that he should, <laughs> that, like, people are more saying that he should slog it on, like, a cold Wednesday night at Sheffield Wednesday than a Champions League matchup against PSG or, you know, Real Madrid or even Bayern. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand the, the, the mindset that people have. And, yeah, be real, uh, for those who say, oh, well, it's kind of a, a, a union fan bias. It's all, well, mm-hmm. well, kind of, because we know what we saw. And we know what, like, he's proven that he can be a reliable contributor on the national team level. We saw what he did in the Champions League with RB Salzburg. So it's not like he can't do it at that level. I mean, it was just unfortunate that he was only bad prem teams. That, that was the short, short fire nature of it. Leeds barely stayed up the season before. So it wasn't all that shocking when they were in the mix for pretty much the whole season. How old's Brandon now? Like 22, 23? Uh, I believe he should be only 23. It's so hard for a kid that age with, let's be honest, a shit show that was Leeds to hold his composure. I mean, he dealt with injuries. He dealt with just a mess in general at Leeds. There's only so much you can expect from a kid at that, that young age, man. I think what Brennan needed more than anything, Justin, was just consistency. Just a place where he can flourish. He's only 22. He can, he's only 22, man. And I think that what Union Berlin brings to him is just a place where he can make mistakes. He can continue his growth. There's not going to be a lot of pressure like there is at Leeds and, and the Premier League in general. I've said it before. He sh- After Salzburg, he should have went to Bundesliga. It didn't happen. Like you said, when the Premier League knocks, you answer the door. <laughs> it's, just, it's just common sense. And so I think this is the best case scenario. You, you mentioned the PFOC. I think that that familiarity is going to help him as well. Um, and, and you have a coach that does like to pl- play young players. Like, the yeah. Union Berlin last year shocked a lot of people. I mean, for a good chunk of the season, they were in the title race. And yeah, what they did was they balanced, they perfectly balanced some absolutely insanely talented young players with a solid veteran core. And I, I think you're starting to see that where, especially in the Bundesliga, Players, young players are not like coaches aren't afraid to throw young players out there, and I think Brendan is gonna hit the ground running. And, and I think the Bundesliga is the perfect pace for him. Like I think yeah. you can make a solid career. I, I I completely completely agree with you. You ready for that Paxson versus Brendan matchup, man? That'll be interesting because Frankfurt is has a new coach, and so I'm kind of curious. If he's gonna like, I mean, Paxton did start to get some more, some more time towards the end of the season, and that was one of the reasons why they didn't let him go to the U twenty World Cup, was mm-hmm. because they, you know, with a short off season and the way the season ended, they needed him there. Uh, so it that would be interesting. You know, in the Philadelphia area, you, the the Union social media team is already 
trying to promote the hell out of the uh, out of the Medford Derby. I like that the Medford Derby. I, I like that man. I like that. All right. Well, from a former player, let's talk about a current player. Um, from Tommy Bogues today, apparently Olivier Baizo, right back for the Union, has requested a transfer um, to the to the Union. Um, citing that his main concern is just family. Uh, I did not know this, but Olivier is married, uh, and he's having issues with bringing his wife over, visa issues. Uh, I know that very, very well with my personal family. It is a bitch. It, it sucks, and we've seen this with former Union players. I think Jameer was the last one kind of dealt with as well with this, so we know this situation very, very well. Um, I mean, just to be honest, like it did, did come as a little bit of a surprise, Um I mean, look, Olivier, it's been up and down with him, you know, in and out of the lineup. We know his talents. We know his weaknesses. Um, I'd be intrigued to see what the, the the market is for Olivier out there. I just don't think that summertime will be a time that they will sell him, um, especially with, you know, the Kai situation. Uh, you have you're lacking depth there. You're seeing what Jim's been doing, putting Nathan over at the left hand side. So it is a little bit interesting, man. What, what's your thoughts here on Olivier? What do you, what do you see the situation coming to? I listen. I know they said like the preference is for that to be a winter move, and I'm hoping like in standing with Kai, like I'm hoping they I realize and I think they can understand that. Be asking the team to like this kind of came out of nowhere. At least my understanding of it, and asking the union to replace him on such short notice, like obviously Nate can can take that spot but like in terms of the offensive ability that he brings that's something you're going to have to start really scouting for and i think there is a market i I think he would definitely my i think i would probably say the eredivisie if i'm looking at at, at eredivisie maybe maybe seria a la liga something high flying something where he can really get the most out of his offensive abilities and kind of be more of a modern wing back instead of really doing, I mean, he's gotten better at the defensive duties, but I think a league that really emphasizes his ability to get forward is one that would work. And I, I could see him in Europe. I mean, that's not a, a crazy shout. I just hope that they would, he would allow, you know, for, for the winter to kind of, you know, give, and, and I don't think that would be a crazy, a crazy ask, you know, given, you know, how far into the season you are is do you like just just out of curiosity like do you think he fits better in like a three-back set where defensive responsibilities aren't as prevalent as in the four-back set i think i think he works better as a wing back in a three four three or a three five two um i I think that's definitely it's it's not like the alexander arnold where he needs to be centralized to kind of take himself out of the Mm-hmm. defensive duties but i think a modern wing back what the back three has shown with this with the union is the the outside backs don't have to get back as quickly yeah. that you have three center backs back there to really kind of you know make the emphasis on things so i i i do think he would be suited better in a back three in a, a team that plays a back more of a back three all right well hey we'll, we'll keep an eye out for the situation obviously you know, we're all expecting the union to make some signings of their own this upcoming summer, so we'll see what happens um, this past week. MLS transfer market did open up on July 5th. Obviously, we saw Brandon Craig get uh, loaned off to Austin, so 
From all, all of us here at PSN at Duke by the River, Brandon, hurry back up to us and get some valuable minutes, man. I already saw him in that after that first win for Austin. He's got that big smile. So it looks good in the green, but we, we want him back in that in that blue and gold soon enough, man. Valuable minutes for, for Mr. Craig. Justin, let's uh let's get into the Galaxy matchup here uh last Saturday. So obviously on some Saturday night football, our Philadelphia would take their talents over to Carson, California. Uh, to face off against uh, the L.A. Galaxy, not the same L.A. Galaxy that you grew up with, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but on this night, you had uh, the 4-4 four, four to Diamond returning. Joe Bendick back in goal. Your back line consisted of Matt Rial, Jack Elliott, Jacob Glazes, Olivier Baizo. Your midfield four, Leon Flock in the left, Mar Jose Bruno Martinez at your six, and Ali Bedoya at the right. Uh, and Daniel Gazek at the tip of the dime with Ure and Carranza as your two forwards. Um, and unfortunately, this match would start off in the Galaxy's favor. I mean, you had an early, like, it was like a three-minute uh, yellow card for Bruno Martinez that kind of set the tone. Tyler Boyd, um, LA Galaxy kind of just take advantage off transition, and um, Joe Bendick just allows one that probably should have got saved uh, to go by. It's one nothing early on. Um my, uh, about like 20 minutes later, Ure off of a nice deflection. I uh, was able to uh, get that ball on the right-hand side of the net. Jonathan Klinsman, little Klinsman couldn't do nothing there. Uh, of course, right before half, unfortunately, me, um, Lavinga gets a goal that gets all that bounces off Olivier Baizo, gets an own goal, a two-one lead for the LA Galaxy heading into the into the, the second half. Not the start that the Union wanted. We all know when the Union go into half with the, with the, with our trailing at half, I should say, things don't typically go in their way. Bouge gets the exclamation point in the 76th minute, a banger to the right corner, right uh, top right corner, and that would do it. As the Philadelphia Union would walk out of Carson, Carson, California, with no points again, back to back matches. Uncharacteristic here for the Union. Another road loss here in this three to one. This one is frustrating for sure. Um, a lot of takes after this one for sure as well, Justin. But for you, man, what's your main takeaway from Saturday's loss against the Galaxy? Uh, Andre Blake better come back soon. That is the main well, consensus. Like, like I've been trying to give Joe Bendig the benefit of the doubt. I, yeah. I, I genuinely have. You have. But my God, that first goal, Danny Hickenbotham said it best. You gotta have that. You would have stopped that. You would have absolutely yes, stopped that. That was that was a, was a dribbler. Like he was not that close. And I, I saw people say in like on the first look, you can go, Oh well, was he screening with all the players in? But then you look at the way that the players were were established. Tyler Boyd was pure, pure and shot like that shot had no pace on it, and that was that was ridiculous. The second one, okay, yeah, it's an own goal. I think Mavinga would have gotten to it had Olivier not gotten in the way. Yeah, I agree. But the the last one, man, like you know, Andre has that. It it was a nice shot. Don't get me wrong, but it was not far off. Like you look at Joe Bendik, and at full stretch, he still like. Misses it just barely, and Andre probably has that a second or two earlier. <laughs> you know what sucks, Justin, is the mitts were watching this. Andre Blake 
with Jamaica is making miraculous goals against Guatemala. <laughs> in the yeah, that's, that's a part two. And I'm like, and I think I said this to my dad before. I was just like, I was like, like, it was one of those, I want, I want, I want Jamaica to do well, but I also want Andre Black back, back for Saturday. Like, I, I don't know. It's. All right. Well, okay. So let, let, let's just ask the dying question because you've seen this all throughout Twitter. We got to talk about this right fucking now. Bendik was trash. We're not defending Bendik's play. But here's where I struggle because, you know, Nashville is a tough environment. It's a it's a Wednesday night match. It is tough for me to put in Holden Trent in that situation. You apparently has a broken finger, according to Jim Curtin. Oh, I didn't even. I, I, that, I didn't. Apparently that. So the quote from Jim Curtin, her like, because uh, our, our pal JT, uh, Jonathan Tanwald at the Inquirer did write an article basically kind of wondering why Joe Bendick, like, and he doesn't simply write these kind of articles, but writing an article laying out why, you know, the stats of what Joe Bendick has done and maybe why there is a case for Holden Trent to start. And like, yeah, that Jim Curtin said that Holden Trent has a broken finger and that Joe has earned the right to start. And it's like, you sure about that, Jim? Uh, like what? What does earn the right to start me? You know is what it, he did. Like, you, know, you know what he did, Justin. He worked his ass off in practice. He was a good leader, and so that's why he deserved to start. Not that you know, Jim, man. It's I, I know, but like, usually Jim isn't afraid to pull the trigger on something like this. And I, I listen. I know you wouldn't do it against Nashville. That would be a massive ask on the road. I would not wish that on on a rookie. But if Andre isn't back for Sunday, for Saturday, say Jamaica does beat Mexico and he isn't back, do you put him in on home against NYCFC with a broken finger and all? Like, I, I don't know. It's just something that I, I genuinely wonder because, listen, I, and I've said this before, we are absolutely spoiled with Andre Blake. I know that. Andre Blake is an absolute godsend of a goalie and will will absolutely go down as a top five goalie in MLS history. Probably the best goalie in Union history, like full stop. But at the same time, most teams don't have this big of a drop off in in ability because, like, you look at like you look at the way Joe Bendick reacts to a save and the way that that Andre do it's they're. Their positioning, they both have good positioning. But what Andre does well is obviously with his athleticism, but he ta- he reads the game a bit faster. Joe Bendix seems to read the game a bit slower. And I know he has a calming presence on the back line, and I know he has that good rapport. But sometimes, too, like, keepers being good shot stoppers is kind of the crucial thing. It, you don't ask a lot of your of your keepers. You don't ask them completely to play out the back. Joe Bendick is decent with his feet. Like I'm, that's never really been a question. But at the end of the day, you want him to make the the more basic of saves. You're not asking him to make those ten bell saves every damn time like yeah. Andre does. No one's gonna do that. Like, and that's kind of why. Like, I think that's kind of why people have looked at Holden Trent and go, "Well, like we've heard a lot about this kid." 
this kid supposedly has some insane athleticism. Like we saw in you know some of the the, the you know the preseason practice stuff, he was just making saves that Andre does, and it's like, oh shit, this kid's got some pretty damn good athleticism. And you look at Joe Bendick and go, I mean, he's a veteran. Like he brings you that that experience. I'll give you that much. But yeah, like, Nance literally got brick for feet. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like I look at him and go, like, like I like that reaction time. Like my God, man. I don't know it, it 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 brings up a lot of questions and I know it's like there's not too many goals so far in those games where I blame Joe Bendick but really two of those three in that LA game are ones I think he should have like and I'm that's not a comparison to Andre I genuinely think he should have those the first yeah. more than the than the than the, than the third one yeah and you know I'll also say this like I mean, Bendix got to be better for sure. But the whole international break has been killing us. I mean, the fact that you don't have Blake obviously hurts. But, I mean, not even having Damian Lowe, man. Like, you've seen what this three-back set has done to this team. And there was, like, two matches where the diamond kind of got a little surge. But it, it just is, is just kind of dull now again. Like, I'm just watching, you know, the Galaxy, especially, like, them being able to move the ball through the midfield. Like, teams don't typically move the ball the way they did in the, against our midfield. And uh, it, it was just, it, it's, it sucks, man. You're, you're missing Kai Wagner again. Um, Matt Rial is, is out of place. How many times he's jogging back to play? Like I, that pissed me off beyond means, man. Um, and I, and I think that that has a lot to do with it as well. I mean, the attack has looked dull against Atlanta and against the galaxy. Why you lost both of those matches, but dude, people don't realize the re the way this team was built it is a group of 11 men they work as a unit and if there's one piece missing or there's a chick there's a there's a drink in the chain then they're not going to move as a co cohesive unit like you've seen and that's kind of what you are seeing and that does lend back to the other case there justin you're seeing a lot of alley a lot of gazing a lot of carans a lot of ure the depth's killing us as well justin it's a it's it's a lot of things going on right now and i think we will be fine but this depth situation to me is is a bigger concern more than anything else. Yeah, and, and that's why like it, it, it's it's an unfortunate like ask of them going to Nashville for the international break. I mean, having having the NYCFC at home at right before League Cup break is kind of a, a nice help. Um, but like still, you kind of want to like. I'm not worried because you're going to get players back and injuries are like yeah. less. I'm like, I think that's the thing. But at the same time, like it's going to be a solid month or so before you really get back into league results. And despite all this, you're in six, you're still three points back of like third or fourth with a game in hand. So like, it's not like you aren't still within earshot and like, it was unfortunate timing because Cincinnati dropped points and yeah. Revolution dropped points. So, like, teams that in front of you that you needed to drop points. So, it was kind of like, okay, here's where you should do it. And the first half, up until, I'd say up until, like, stoppage time, it was like, okay, the Union will battle to a 1-1 first half. It wasn't great. 
but they're getting into like they were getting into the game even before the UA goal. They were getting into the game. They were going down the wings. They were making. They were they were committing Mavinga and, and the back line and Leardom to really try to play over the top. And it was looking like they were breaking through. And I think that second goal right before halftime was kind of a backbreaker. And because goals, goal, you know, goals right before halftime are an absolute momentum swinger and an absolute just killer. And it was a shame. But like looking at things, it's you always got to wonder, like, what if, you know, Andre was there? What if Kai was there? What, you know, like, like it, it, as much as I, I don't like to, to, to want, you know, meddle in the what ifs because you can just keep going on and on. It's an interest. It's a good question to pose, and one where, unfortunately, this year the timing of the international break it, it, breaks are not really ideal. Yeah, man, it is. It is definitely rough. Um, one more point on the galaxy. Pouge belongs in MVP conversations, man. I, I I'm thoroughly impressed by his play, not only against us but against LAFC. And I just walked away from that match, obviously bummed about the loss, but. Pooch belongs in that MVP conversation, man. I I think there's a, a a potential case for it. I just think you've got to talk about longevity. I think his run of form has only been over the last month or so, and I know that's when MVP cases can be built. But I've also seen it where guys have gotten hot around this time and faded off. Like that Galaxy back line is still not good. Their offense, like Pooch, cannot carry this offense, and I think that, like, this is kind of making it clear that, kind of like with Nashville, like Nashville still being re- very heavily reliant on on on, on Honey Mukhtar, the LA Galaxy are single handedly being pulled out of this by the play of Ricky Pooch, and. I think you got to look at that if you're the galaxy because they're still suffering under the transfer ban. And so it's like, okay, well, they're kind of limited in what they can bring in, but how they could improve the, the back line because like goalkeeping, like between bond and Klinsman, I think you've got some decent goalies. I think that's enough where you don't have to worry about that position. The defense though is really like, between Preston Judd and Jovalich and you know Tyler Boyd, like you have some decent offense there, and the midfield is is solid, but that back line still like you have Kelvin Leardon playing center back. I don't really think Greg Vanny that's what I mean, he wants to do consistently, but I think he's kind of had to given injuries. Yeah, it, it is kind of what it is. All right, so we're gonna move forward here. Um, it's a it's a it's a tough loss now. So what the Union are gonna try to do now, Justin? They're going to try to avoid losing their third straight regular season match for the first time since 2018. So we're going to look into this Nashville matchup. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give you guys the eyes from the other side. Um, We have on this week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Valer Shabila, who's uh, part of the Pharma Soccer Podcast in down in Nashville. to give us all the insight for Nashville Soccer Club. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the interview. With Valir Shavilla. us now live on the Duke by the River guest line, helping us preview this upcoming matchup against Nashville Soccer Club. Please welcome, covering all things Nashville SC, 
through Broadway Sports Media, through Pharma Soccer Podcasts, or just talking Nashville, please welcome on in our dear friend, Mr. Valer. Valer, my friend, what's going on? How you feeling today? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. No, dude, we, we appreciate you coming on here, man. It's it's a pleasure having you on, man. We're really excited here in Philadelphia to talk about this national match. Philly's obviously in a little bit of a different place than we anticipated, man, but we're excited to talk about this one, man. So, Blair, before we just dive into it, man, just talk a little bit about, you know, your coverage of Nashville see kind of what you do as far as the club goes, man. Yeah, thank you. First and foremost, like I said, for having me, I, I've been covering Nashville since their second year of USL, actually. So a little bit of USL oh, into nice, MLS. Uh, the coverage used to be a lot uh, simpler back in the day because I just did one podcast and that was it. And then uh, kind of this year, I have been able to um, kind of ramp up my coverage a little bit, added some more video elements to it and added another show um, and joined in with Broadway Sports, like you said, Broadway Sports Media. So I've been able to kind of expand on that a little bit, working with the guys on Broadway. Uh, ben Wright is one of the you know, one of the guys that you can see on Twitter all oh, the time. Yeah. He's he's sort of the soccer, um, you know, um, guy at Broadway, right? And then every, we have a few other writers and whatnot. You look up everyone and hashtag, man. You see a lot of his tweets. So for sure, I yeah, know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I love it. I love, I love MLS. I love uh, I love covering the game. I'm love from that. Iraq originally. So nice, I, man. Uh, I've been, I immigrated to the U.S. Um, when I was 14. Uh, okay. About, about 15 years ago so um so it's, it's been an interesting time um because when i came here i wanted soccer right and couldn't couldn't get it necessarily the same way you'd get it in the middle east so um so i'm, I'm glad now we're at the level where you or i or other people yeah can, man can cover this game I can connect to that, man. I'm being Colombian American myself. And, you know, obviously, you know, soccer growing up hasn't always been easy to find. So it is really awesome to see that it is starting. You were starting to see more of it. But I mean, obviously, your background, like, you know, your culture, soccer is everything. So it makes it easy for you to love it. But, you know, stereotypically, like the South of America, it's college football, it's NASCAR, but soccer is grow very very well in cities like nashville atlanta charlotte miami why is it that especially and just i want you to speak specifically on nashville why is it working so well in nashville man you guys are selling out crowds it's a great environment even in downtown why is it working a couple of reasons i first i you know every time i'm asked this question i, I feel like i forget a little bit of like the diehard folks i just want to say like there are diehard for folks here in nashville that love soccer who are from the south that just love soccer and they've loved awesome. soccer for 10, 20, 30 years and have always had something to do with soccer, right? So I don't want to forget those those people, but those people are not the majority. Let's be honest, you know, those are those people are the minority, if anything. So the majority of people, it has to do with a bunch of reasons. I, I would say one of the biggest reasons is that Nashville is a uh, 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 it's one of those cities where people are moving into it rather than moving out of it. So you're getting people from everywhere. And th there was a study like done before COVID where Nashville had a rate of 100 people per day moving into it. Wow. And where those people are moving from are California, New York, Chicago, whatever, all these big cities, they're kind of leaving, coming to Nashville. And what we, what I found out kind of talking to these people is that pe people, when they move in, they have pre uh, they have already decided on an NBA team. They've decided on an NHL team. They've decided on an NFL team. But chances are they haven't decided on a soccer team. And because Nashville doesn't have all these other 
you know, Nashville doesn't have NBA, doesn't have MLB. Uh, but it is a city that thrives on kind of having a party and throwing a party. This city's built oh, yeah. to drink. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, so so when, when Bachelor you, Party you, uh, USA down there, man. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it literally is, right? So so when you combine them not having a soccer team and a party environment at Jodis Park, you get what, what you have seen with Nashville, which is these bunch of people who are not from Nashville that can connect to the community in a really easy way. Tickets are cheap, sold out crowd. Soccer is a quick game, man. I go to NFL games and I'm just like, dude, it's like seriously, power commitment. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of time. And Baseball's so, even worse. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, it's it's one of those things. I think mean, where where uh, the that that college football environment you were talking about. That is very similar to what you would feel at an NSC Kelgate, honestly. Awesome. Um, I, I I wouldn't talk about in-game experience or atmosphere. I don't really know that well of college okay. football. But, but what I've heard a lot of people say is that the atmosphere of the tailgating and, and kind of the community getting together for a local uh, cause, it soccer always feels more of a club than a franchise, right? Yeah. So I, I think that has to do with it as well. Well, you put it that way, it absolutely makes 100% sense. I mean, like, like here in Philadelphia, you know, because of where we're at in the East Coast, I mean, we're between New York, we're between D.C., and we've notoriously been the cheaper of the three majors. And you could put Boston in there as well. So we do get the same thing. Like, we're a major metropolitan city, so we get a lot of transplants from all around over the country. And just like you said, they come over with that already, that love of soccer. They may not have that soccer. They're trying to get an MLS. And Philly, it's a cheap ticket. It's a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, you see, you seen the the uh, the state, the park as well. So it definitely makes sense. I think that's why we're growing as a league, especially as the younger demographics come. We tend to gear towards soccer, so it is it is good for our league, and we'll we'll see the the continued growth throughout the country, not just in our both of our markets, man. Actually, that's important note too. I didn't mention that the most people who move international are millennials, and yeah, exactly. They tend to like soccer a little bit more than the older generations. That is that is very true. That is very true, man. Well, listen, I, I want to formally welcome you back into the Eastern Conference. I haven't been able to do that, man. So welcome on back into the East. How's it feel being back into the East, man? We haven't we haven't seen you. Well, we saw you last year. We obviously helped you open up the Geodis Park, which was dope. But you know, obviously, last time you guys were in the Eastern Conference, we're in that playoffs. That memorable, memorable matchup for a lot of Uni fans. I know not so much for Nashville, but welcome back, man. How's it feel being back? It's so much better, like exponentially better. I cannot like overstayed how important it is for Nashville to stay in the East. They had no business being in the West. It doesn't it made no sense, man. It made no sense. I couldn't travel anywhere without spending like 500 bucks on a ticket. Oh my it was, God. Yeah. It was not great, man. It was not great. Uh, game starting at like nine, nine 30. We had a game scheduled, I think for 11 30 PM one time Yeah, that didn't get played because of COVID, but that was scheduled. It was planned to be scheduled. So, <laughs> um not having to deal with that is incredible um and i cannot i cannot be uh i i just hope it stays like that because the uh the the just the fact that these game times and these teams that are uh, a lot of fans want to travel to and see these cities uh just haven't been able to and then the big thing is is the the rivalries man uh, when you look at nashville Cincinnati and Atlanta are the big two for Nashville and not being able to play a home and away with them is, is honestly like um, it, it took away a little bit from from that uh, sort of heat between the two teams. I, co I completely I completely get that one, man. Um, I, I mean, I think I speak for most people in the MLS. It didn't make sense for most of us. 
Uh, I feel like Chicago should have gotten the boot, honestly. Like they are closer to the West than, than anyone else geography wise. And yeah, that, those times suck, man. Like I hate, like we just played the Galaxy, right? Like we have like a 10 30 kickoff. Like, oh, yeah. it's just, it's just rough, man. We got work, we got stuff to do. Like it's, it is, it is absolutely rough, man. But it, it is, like you said, that's important as well. That Atlanta, Nashville is pretty interesting. You guys, listen, the Nashville and the Cincinnati fan bases, I see you guys going at it on Twitter as well, man. So it's, it's definitely entertaining as an MLS fan for sure, man. It's uh, it's one of those that uh, people don't know, but it started off in USL, right? So Cincinnati ah. was a big, big bad in USL, and then here comes Nashville, a brand new team. Um, they play each other five times in the first year, five times, and then all five ended in draws. <laughs> and the last one was in the playoffs, which then Cincinnati won in penalties. Oh. But Cincinnati had just broken the USL record while Nashville was the eighth seed. So there was a lot of like, it was the first round of playoffs. There was a lot of animosity between the two fan bases. And then the next year, Cincinnati went to MLS. So that was, that, that was the year, 2018. And then kind of Nashville followed them to MLS, and some of that rivalry has followed through. Uh, the rest, I think, will be built up by the end of this week, actually. <laughs> and not too far away from each other, right, Since in, in Nashville? Yeah, it's about four and a half hours. Uh, not, not too bad. Um, I'm actually going to Cincinnati on Saturday for the match, so it's hey. really easy to drive. Yeah. Dude, have some fun out there, man. Are you Skyline Chili guy or not? You know, I've never had it. Um, just out of spite. But maybe <laughs> I'll try <it> sometime. <laughs> That's the same reason why I don't have a chopped cheese because I don't I don't yeah. like New York so I get you. Yeah, it is what it is, right? <laughs> uh, let's talk about this year's iteration, Nashville. Obviously, um, some changes were made. Um, kind of talk about what's new with this team. What 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 uh how's this team looking? What are the big all season changes from last year to this year? The biggest thing is the formation system change, um, which kind of goes hand in hand with the new personnel that joined this team. Because when you look at it, uh, Nashville had a fairly successful season in the West, but kind of dropped down at the end of the ma at the end of the season last season. So when they came into this season, it kind of followed through with that, and there was something missing at Jodis Park, to be honest with you, to where formerly that they played in Nissan Stadium, right? And at Nissan Stadium. They built this fortress where they literally didn't lose a single home game in all 2021 um, to where then cut to 2022. And because the first eight weeks uh, being away from home, then having a congested home schedule, that wasn't translated into Georgia's part. So I'd say all that is that because the start of this season seemed like a continuation of that sort of good enough, but not really great um, end of 2022. And then something changed. And what that changed was the system and the formation. So Gary Smith goes to a diamond, uh, 442 diamond formation, and that changes everything for Nashville to where Nashville becomes they are eight, eight, eight wins at home straight now, um, okay. which is you know a really, really good record yeah. for Nashville. That's not that's that's not, not something they've ever done in their history. Um, and then on on the on the away end is not quite as good on, on the road, they just they're they're missing a little bit. Uh, but but Regardless, is that diamond formation that really revitalized the team. And it's not most mostly Hani Mukhtar didn't change the way he plays for the most part. Is the pieces around him. It's that having having the Fafa Pico and the Jacob Schaffelbergs of the world kind of come in and, and, and being able to make those runs and, and help Hani out. Okay. All right. Um, and, and that's definitely interesting to know. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the current form for the team. Not the best three losses in the last 
last four there coming off the Chicago loss. What happened in uh, in these past couple matches here? A lot of it had to do with just being away from home and not okay. not being able to have the full squad. Um, so okay. you look at somebody like Anibal Godoy, who is an important piece of this team. Mm. He's with Panama. He's the captain right. of the Panamanian national team. Playing in the Gold Cup. Uh, Jacob Schaffelberg just lost to the U.S. in Cincinnati uh, yesterday, so he should be back. Fafa Pico missed uh, two of those matches Um or uh, sorry, yeah, he missed the first uh, two that you mentioned out of the with four. Haiti, right? With Haiti, correct. So, so he he changed from the U.S. to Haiti. Actually, it was an interesting story there. Uh, yeah. so, so those are all starting players, and then also in the first match out of the four, Teal Bunbury was missing, who is again a starting player. He was injured, so a lot of missing pieces and just not being able to have that. Uh, Nafo likes to start the games very very brightly, and they don't continue being. They don't push and press the entire match, but that first five to ten minutes, mm-hmm. it's it's all Nashville, and you'll see it at Giotis. Uh, it could backfire, of course, but that's how they start matches. And when once they didn't get that start in those matches, it kind of died down. Gary tried to switch uh, the first two uh, the first two away matches that they lost against Montreal and Columbus in this four game stretch. Um, Gary tried to go back. Gary Smith tried to go back to a back three instead okay. of the back four. And that didn't seem to be working really a whole lot. Uh, they got unlucky in certain chances, but nonetheless, at the end, I think they'll look at those three away matches specifically and not being able to score a single goal um, and 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 be disappointed. Um, but obviously the home form is like the complete opposite of that. That's what we're going to have to see there. And it's interesting. I feel like both of us are having kind of the same similar issues there. Obviously, we're coming off of back-to-back losses and missing Andre Blake and Damian Love have been huge losses and injuries as well to Kai Wagner have really hurt us as well. So it's the grunt of that MLS sketch, right? Like you're in the middle of it and you got international play, which I think we can all agree. Like, can we please get some international breaks in there, man? And, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just a mixture of everything. It's funny you're saying like the diamonds working for you. Like diamonds, something we've been, ha- I mean, you've seen the diamond in 2021. We've been running this diamond since like 2019 and, it's not that it's getting stale. I just don't think that with this personnel, it, it works to its best ability. We've seen a lot of success with three back set here. So it is interesting to hear kind of similar um, uh, issues that we're having with Nashville. So actually, Nashville. Gary Smith, I just we just talked to Gary Smith on the presser an hour ago or so, and he mentioned Philly playing with three defenders and why they might not be able to do that considering Glow is out on international duty. And that was he mentioned that unprompted. So that. They're doing their homework, of course, there. Uh, but but kind of um, I, I am interested in that because I think a lot of it has to do with I, I don't think Nashville. I have to go back and check. I don't think Nashville has played with a pure against a pure diamond donation donation uh, formation um, this since they switched to it. So I'm curious on how that goes. If both teams kind of hold on to their shapes and just say. You know, we'll figure it out, or if there's going to be any tactical changes between Curtin and Smith, because I, yeah. I, I'm honestly not sure. I've seen Gary change formations on the fly. Uh, I've seen him change personnel on the fly, um, and and you know, Curtin is a smart guy. He's a smart manager, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of had a tweak or something up his sleeve. Be interesting because obviously player selection depth's been an issue for this team as well this year. I mean, Corey Burke and Paxton Anderson leaving have been huge losses there. 
Um, it'll be interesting because typically when we play like diamond teams, like the Red Bull are typically diamond team. Uh, Cincinnati, since since uh, Noonan's been there, has been a diamond team bringing that formation over there. Or actually, no, no, they've been they've been more of a, of a um of of a of single uh, single forward team. But regardless, anytime we do play a diamond team, it's always low scoring. But we've had Joe Bendick in there, and I'm sure you know <laughs> Joe Bendick things can go real ugly real quick. So. That one's a little bit concerning for sure, my man. But um, one piece you haven't had, in at least in the last matchup, that I was intrigued by, um, Mukhtar. Honey Mukhtar, uh, obviously out. Or he wasn't out. He was, in the, he was in the 18, just didn't start against Chicago. A lot of rumors to get to the Qatar League. Anything you could tell us on that? Um, Anything we could probably expect on, Saturday, on Wednesday as well? Yeah, he had a small knock in Chicago, and that's why he didn't start. I think I'm pretty sure... It's all taken care of, and he'll be starting on Wednesday. Um, you know, if that match was at home, for example, the Chicago match, I think Honey would have started. Um, I think Gary was just being extra cautious because away match and travel and all that. So um, I don't think there's anything to worry about in terms of the injury. I don't think you want me to talk a whole lot about Hani Mukhtar on the field because I think everybody just kind of knows what's going on. You know, the numbers speak for themselves. So I'll let y'all look him up that way. Uh, but in terms of the Qatari League links, that all started about two, three days ago where um, a Qatari outlet, El Kes, they uh, announced or they, they reported that a offer has gone to Hani Mukhtar. Now, they didn't report that an offer was gone to Nashville SC. They just said an offer was made to Hani Mukhtar to join one of the clubs in the Qatari League. The interesting thing there is that Nashville SC has him under contract and through 2025. So there's he can't just like up and sign a contract and go, right? So, so there needs to be a transfer fee. And then today a report came in uh, from uh, the guy who runs tra Transfer Mart in North America. I can't remember his name. But uh, he came up, uh, he, he reported that and a transfer fee was also a written proposal was made to Nashville SC. The thing with that is that I don't think there is, and I mean that in the sincerest way to the people who are reporting this, I don't think there's any way in hell Nashville SC is going to let Hani Mukhtar leave this summer. Um, unless it's, I don't know. I, I mean, it would have to be MLS record signing uh, fee. I think that would be the only way Nashville SC would part with Hani Mukhtar. And even then I think they would, they would have time to think about it. Um, it is very hard to find players who are effective. It's not just about bringing in uh, big name signings because, you know, look at Toronto, look at Miami the first couple of years, right? And it's just kind of, it's a big joke, right? So I don't think there is much chance for Hani to be, to be sold this summer. Um, and I don't think there's much, much chance for him to be sold at all by Nashville SC. The only thing I would say is that the money that the Qatari League has is tenfold what MLS is ever able to offer a player, in, in all honesty. So if they come in and they really want to push uh, for a signing like that, um, you know, they're, they're able to probably persuade at least a player. Hani Mukhtar is on a $3 million contract per year, which in – you know, in regular people terms, that's a lot of money. In MLS terms, that's not even top 10. So you're looking at someone who is hands down the best player in the league for almost three seasons running, unable to be paid top 10 salary. And that's with his that's with his uh, uh, re-signing, uh, with his with his increase in pay. So 
So there might be something there that they can persuade him, but he's very committed to Nashville. He just opened an academy in Nashville, the Honey Mukhtar Academy. He just married a girl from Huntsville, Alabama. So, you know, he's 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 very committed to this city. He got married, and this is not a joke. He got married at Geodis Park on the pitch. Oh, my God. He's a full Southern boy, man. He's Tennessee yeah, as like, they come. So I think it's going to take a lot to get Honey Mukhtar out of Nashville. Okay. And, and uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think he feels like he has still work to do here. 28 years old. I think I think he's sticking around for a minute. I don't think there's uh, much chance to 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 uh, lure him to the Qatari league. It is interesting because it's like something like in world football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, that we haven't really experienced. Because obviously in Europe, like you're seeing like all these players going to Saudi Arabia for ridiculous fees. You know, we just we um, almost outbid with uh, well, I think it was Saudi Arabia as well for Messi as well. So it is something we haven't seen. Right. Because we haven't really had like, you know, that region compete for some of the big players and. Yeah, I got the Qatari League looking at one of our best players in this league. It is, it is certainly interesting, man. And I, you know, I know Nashville definitely doesn't want to see him go, but it's it's funny. Like again, like I feel like the similarities with our club. Like we have honest, we've obviously have built something really good that's that's duplicatable. Um, but there are instances where we feel like you saw it last year in the MLS Cup. You know, when LAFC pulls out Gareth Bale off the bench, you know, you can't really compete with that, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it is, it, it is definitely tough. Like you know, the one. We say we love what we built, but like imagine if we were spent a little bit more. Like what what could we really what could we really do here? What could we be really cooking with? So it is something that some of these uh team fa- or these fan bases, unfortunately, we, we keep asking the question, like, what if? What if there, man? I agree with you in that assessment between Nashville and Philly. Nashville has been known for this money ball thing because of Mike Jacobs, the general manager, uh, who came from Sporting Kansas City, another team that just recently started really spending a whole lot of money. Yeah. Um, but there is a clear idea in MLS that you can be successful or at least successful enough if you're smart um, rather than just spending the money. Um, and then, you know, you you take that and you look at the top five teams in terms of spend and how terrible they are this season. Uh, well, not all of them, but the top two at the very least, like uh, the Galaxy and, and, and Toronto and Miami. Um, and, th- and then you kind of start thinking about all this, right? And it's like, it's like, okay, well, spending doesn't necessarily equal that, but you are 100% right in that spending at a TAM level, which is somehow how Gareth Bell is here, but you know, we're, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know uh, Ernst Tanner had some words about that, that might have been in some trouble. Uh, so, so you know, I think I think the my sort of way of looking at it is that I don't mind the salary cap. I don't mind uh, teams being smart about about the signings. What bothers me the most is the restrictions that MLS puts on the way to spend your money. You know, I I'm, I I don't I don't understand why certain players have to be at this level and certain players have to be at this level. Toronto spends like eighty five percent of their salary on two players. You know. Uh, and that's not good either. That's a lot of spend for, uh, you know, imagine they can just spread it out a little bit more evenly. So, so I think my problem is, 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 you know, the restrictions that are here's a TAM player. Here's a young DP. Here's a, here's a U22 initiative. Here is a DP. All those restrictions, if you were just to remove them all and say, you have X amount to spend, you can keep the DP rule. I like it. I don't mind it. You can say you have three players to spend more than that on, but here is your here's your floor. Here's your ceiling. Spend within that. Go do it however you want. If teams want to p- 
pay three players the most money and then everybody else pay them 100k a year that's on them if they want to pay you know if they don't have a want yeah. to have a money player over three four million that's fine every player gets like 500k and that's it so so that that's kind of my problem here is that is the way because you have these owners who came into the league who want to spend money you have the atlantis of the world who have been just spending money lafc um and you know toronto of course and these teams are kind of pushing the other teams to spend a little bit more uh but there are the old mls heads right so you know you have your dallas ownership group or or, or some of these other older teams that have been there since 96 saying, well, I don't want to do that. So <laughs> that's kind of where, sign up uh, for this. yeah. So that, that's kind of where, where that, um, that's why MLS is scared. I think to make that next jump. No, I, I completely agree with you, man. And, and, you know, trying to explain like the, like, like roster construction rules, to like casual fans or like European fans. Like, yeah. Bro, like, trying to explain it to like red, like MLS diehards is hard. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 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 <laughs> yeah. like, I'm having a conversation with another person who writes for MLS, and we're confused about these. You know, like, that's just life. You know, like that's that's us as MLS fans, and that's it, it is what it is, man. Um, well, there any uh, injuries? Uh, any key pieces that we should be keeping an eye out for? It's gonna be out for Nashville to uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, should be should be a clear injury um, okay. record for Nashville. I will say Jacob Schaffelberg just played uh, in Cincinnati for the Canadian men's national team. I'm positive he'll be on the bench. I don't think he'll start the match. Um, Fafa Pico is just coming back from Haiti like we talked about. Um, Anibal Godoy is still out on international duty. So he will not uh, – Anibal Godoy will not be available. Walker Zimmerman didn't play in Chicago because he had a, a – he had a red card uh, at home against DC, so he should be back fully. Um, so yeah, the biggest missing piece is just Anibal Godoy because he's with Panama. Okay. Uh, lineup prediction for Wednesday night formation uh, as well. Yeah, I think uh, Gary will stick to the diamond. It's been working okay. really well, especially at home. Um, Joe Willis has been honestly one of the best keepers in MLS. Yeah. I know that sounds a little biased coming from me, but no, I agree. Man. For themselves, uh, Nashville have conceded the fewest goals in MLS. As well in the entire league um jack mayor who is effectively the best defender in this team um will be paired up with walker zimmerman who has been the best defender in the league uh but has been struggling with some injury and international breaks uh this season so we haven't seen as much from walker but jack mayor and walker in the middle uh center back dan lovitz played every single minute on the left uh he'll continue shack Moore on the right he played almost every single minute on the right He'll continue to play. Of course, if you know uh, the U.S. national team, he had us. He he's played a few minutes with them. Uh, uh, Shaq Moore, the base of the diamond. This is going to be a very interesting one because Dax McCarty is uh, the only player on this national squad that can play that position. But Dax McCarty is also a, well into his mid-thirties and just played um, ninety minutes in Chicago. So we'll see how that goes. He played in Chicago all ninety minutes on Saturday. So now. Coming Wednesday is going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing. I think he still sticks to that position. I think Sean Davis and Alex Moyle take the dual eights or shuttlers, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we'll see Hani Mukhtar at the tip of the diamond with Fafa Pico and Tilbumberry up top. I, I would almost bet money on that. The only difference you might see Leal jump in somewhere who can play in like three different positions. So I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah, man's a beast. Man's a beast. Yeah. 
Um, we, I miss Fafa, man. He's one of my favorite former Union players, man. Great dude, swag on a hundred, man. I love yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. A great rapper, singer. Yeah, you know, got, got all, many all talents. I, I was kind of bummed they didn't have him uh, do the media availability today because uh, I was going to ask him about playing for the Union and everything, but uh, maybe after the match if he scores a hat trick or something. You know, it's funny too is that. Um, one of the one of the reasons why we did allow him to go to Dallas was because we were going to the diamond and he works the best as a winger because he's so dangerous, especially on 1v1. I mean, you know, like, dude, he's he's fast as crap, man, the gazelle. So we love Fafa, man. We're, we're happy you guys are treating him well, man. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see him on. We'll, hopefully we'll see him on Wednesday as well, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's loved in Nashville, and it's interesting because he plays as a striker, but not really. You yeah, know, he did the same thing here in 2019. Yeah, yeah, man, awesome. All right, well, before we let you go, can we get a prediction? I will go two-one um, Nashville. Okay, two-one um, Nashville. I think I think Philly gets a goal early on. Nashville comes okay. back. If that happens, I'm staying the hell away from Twitter, man. <laughs> That's what it does. <laughs> hey, it might not even be my choice to stay away from Twitter. Like, that's just like life, you know? Like, yeah, you it, never man. know. Uh, yeah. One day I'm going to open that app and it's just going to, like, my phone's going to be like, nah, error 404. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. Seriously. Well, there, man, before, before we let you go, plug away where people can find your work, man, podcast, right? Whatever you'd like to plug away, man. Absolutely. Yeah. If you follow me at Valer Shabila, you're probably wondering how the hell to spell that. Don't worry about it. Uh, just do your best. Valer Shabila. And I will pop up. There's not many people named like me. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, threads. Uh, those are the hey. three I'm on right now. <laughs> uh, if you follow me on threads, I don't know, man. There's not much going on. Uh, but I cover Nashville pretty extensively. I have new content going out on a weekly basis, whether it's audio or video. Uh, stuff and um, yeah, just add Valer Shavilla on Facebook. Not Facebook. Don't don't add me on there. On Instagram and Twitter and sometimes Threads, I guess. That's right, and that does it. Thank you so much to Valer. Get yourself on Threads. That's that's the that's a new thing, kids. It's a new thing. Get yourself on Threads now. Um, Justin, uh, after speaking to Valer, I don't feel much more comfortable. It's a tough spot. But, um, we just talked about Puj. Uh, Mukhtar is the real deal. Uh, how do you feel heading <laughs> this matchup, man? I mean, I don't feel amazing, but I mean, we said this the same. I feel like I said this last year about them going to Nashville, and they they were uh, uh, the FEPK away from grabbing all three points. So. It's going to be an insanely, insanely tight game. Um, so, like, I mean, I, there's I don't, there's not too much confidence, but, you know, Jim is going to just try to shithouse away to a, at least a point. So, at the very least, I know the Union can kind of muck things up if they need to. Yeah, dude. I mean, you're talking Atlanta, you're talking LA, you're talking Nashville. Dude, these are not easy places to play. You're doing Yeah, it's not a great uh run into the League's Cup. But once you get past that though, like looking at the the part of the season afterwards, like your first game back from the League's Cup is home against uh, Dallas. And then you got away at DC, home against Red Bull. Like you 
you're you've got a decent run in form where you can start to pick up points. So it's this is kind of the stretches where like everyone every team has a stretch where it's just like you've got to slog through it. And yeah, unfortunately, man. this is the one where the union have consistently run into a brick wall at uh, 70 miles an hour. Yeah, man. So hopefully they can get some points here. What do you think the lineup will look like on, on Wednesday night? Um, as we said earlier, Joe Bendick probably starts because Holden Trent, according to Jim, has a uh, broken finger. Um, I think your back line, Jim had said that he, that Kai, at the very least, should be on the bench for Nashville. I think realistically i would rather have him on the bench and not start him and wait till saturday to start him um so i would say so i would say the i would say the same back line with the exception of i think nate harriel starts i think for a more defensive purpose i think you have nate harriel starting i think your midfield i probably see it being the same to be honest I, i think after that i think your lineup is mostly the same um, just because that's kind of what you need. Um, the only position flip I could see would maybe be Leon for Jack, but that kind of gets away any of the defensive coverage you have to help Brujo out. So I think basically your midfield and t- starting attack are probably the same as it would what it was in uh, LA. All right, and give us that prediction, Justin. I. I don't know how much confidence I have in this, but I'm going to say it's going to be a very ugly 1-1 draw. I, I think so too, man. I, I, I'm I going on that line, man. If we walk out of there with a point, I'll be happy. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy. Just, just shit house your way and run quickly to the first bar you can find on Broadway. <laughs> can, we get like a, can we get like a Jack Elliott goal? Like, I just want like a weird, like, like the weirdest result. That's what I want, man. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a Leon screamer from thirty five out. We got the we got the rule one. Now we need the Leon one, man. Hey, Leon sma- had a nice smacker against uh, Miami. That one was that one had, was a was a fucking daisy cutter. Yeah, man, that is true. That is true. All right, guys, we will be back later this week for this one. And, of course, the the New York City matchup that's coming this upcoming Saturday. Uh, but we guys enjoy tomorrow's match. Uh, we'll have, I have a special announcement for tomorrow's match. We'll stay tuned for that one. Uh, but, guys, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Subscribe for more Philly sports. A big thank you to Valer again for giving us a preview of Nashville. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Justin's second string IR keeper, Friedberg. Of course, I go by the name of El Parcero Philly, and we're telling you guys to do bond. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.